sausages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. It's a podcast about TV commercials. We talk about good ones, we talk about bad ones, and we talk about ones where people say weird shit like this. Alright, I'm cranking it. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We're, we're just cranking out another show today. Just How you doing, it. We're just cranking it. Uh, so today, this is an idea we actually came up with for our uh, main topic today. Uh, last night, you, me, a couple friends of ours uh, who are both women were sitting in a bar, kind of half watching the Mariners game, talking about sports. And somehow this topic came up. The fact that in TV commercials, obviously 9.9 times out of 10... If they're going to show sports fans. Or 99 times out of 100 is another way to express that ratio. But mine was cleaner. <laughs> um, they're going to be dudes. And when yeah. you just casually see a woman sports fan in a TV commercial, and not like they're making a huge deal of it. I'm not talking about women athletes. You see yes. tons of those Nike ones where the woman is sweating and it's black and white with just a little bit yeah. of red in there and sweat stripping. And, and that's great about, for representation sure. too. Absolutely. But this is where the story is about a sports fan not necessarily for a sports product, although usually it's sports adjacent. Um, but when the when the fan in question either is just a woman in an unremarked upon way, or sometimes it, it is remarked upon, or it's it's a reveal, or sort of a, a I don't want to say a punchline because a woman isn't usually the punchline, but it's kind of a a ta-da moment. Mm-hmm. I got to say one thing that you hit on is when it isn't remarked upon. And that was kind of hard as we were going through, like last night we came up with three examples, but then after that, today looking for more examples felt like a lot of work. And yeah. it, I'm glad I took a little bit of time. Between, to the degree that Googling things is work, but yes. Yeah, but I'm glad I was able to take a little bit of time between the research today and I took it like an hour just to kind of clear my head because even though this is a, a, a good idea for a show, we're going to talk about a really, bunch of really great commercials that handle it well. When you're doing a lot of searches on women, fans, commercials, sports, you see so many angry making things. Yes. Just like the and dumb I, girlfriend or the, the what is the word, nagging wife. I saw one for ESPN where it's just a guy in an Eagles jersey and they're playing that song, Still the One. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? The, well, I guess it's. Who is Still it? Still the one, Shania Twain or something? No, I don't remember. But anyway, it's um, just a picture of the same dude with like 15 different women getting married, getting divorced, d- dating all these different women. But in every case, he's got uh, an Eagles jersey on. And you realize uh, at the end that, oh, the one that he's that he still loves is the Eagles and like women are disposable. Right. Is this the song, by the way? Yes. So this is by Orleans? That's yeah. a band, Orleans. I wouldn't have known that. Uh, why do I think of Shania Twain? Is well, she has one. She has. You're still the one. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking one about. I run to. Um, also, a big dude song. Anyway, okay, so we're going to talk about that. We're not even in the segment yet, but more on that in a second. Also, we're going to check in with you guys. You're the Ed Council. We've been asking you to call in, sing us your jingles, your favorite jingles, jingles from your childhood. We got some of those, Vives? Yes, we've got jingles. How many jingles do we have? I think we have three jingles. So I guess we're calling today's show The Sports Fan Was a Woman. I love how every year 
media, counts out the Giants, and then they go on some amazing run in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're a chick. Let the boys talk about sports, sweetheart. I know more about football than you do. Oh, really? When was the first Super Bowl? 1967. What does a running back do? He gets paid. <laughs> to do what? I already answered your question. <laughs> Jake and Amir. I don't know if they're still doing. Uh, they still have a podcast now, right? I don't know if they're doing videos anymore. I don't know. Yeah, they do have a podcast. Anyway, uh, let's see here. What's up first? I think that. Well, can I just start with the one that I always think of right away? Because sure. after all, I am the guy. Yes. Here, um, this is a commercial we've talked about before on the show. I love it so much. We see a woman. And she is standing outside of a car. She is talking through the open window to her two kids in the back seat. And this is the conversation that transpires. Do you have to go? I really do, sweetie. How long will you be gone, Mommy? Probably a week. Hopefully longer. I have a nervous stomach. I'm sorry, guys. This isn't fair. Bye. Okay, now she's uh, about to walk away. She, she kind of touches her daughter's hand and she walks away. We don't know yet where uh, she's going. And now we're going to see uh, the husband in the front seat. And one of the kids is going to ask, why can't we come with? Bye. Miss you. Why can't we watch the game? Because daddy went to art school. And we realize that she is meeting her buddies at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Also all women. All women, or as I call it, BW3s. Now, Buffalo Wild Wings has a whole series of commercials about obsessed fans. And it is true that most of them are men. But this one, it's not like she's one of the gang or like it's two guys and a girl or something. Yeah, a lot of women that you'll see, a lot of women sports fans that you'll find in commercials where sports fandom is depicted, it's like... A token woman, often of color so they can check two boxes, <laughs> is just in the room with the main character who's usually a white male sports fan. Right, or two. Um, so but you, so that's my that's my personal favorite. I just I love that woman. I love the enthusiasm she runs into the sports bar with to, to meet her friends. I think um, it's a great ad. I think it's really well written yeah. and it's incredibly um, it's a really fun punchline. I think the kids, particularly the little girl, is Chewing a little scenery there. I think mm, there's some overacting too happening. Much. That didn't yeah. bother me too much. But I don't hate children. Uh, now, you had a commercial that is kind of like, I, I think, not to put words in your mouth, your favorite example of these. I do like this one a lot. Um, now, this is not an example of uh, of a narrative where the woman is the only sports fan in the, in the story. But... Um, it's a woman who is uh, part of a family that loves the Atlanta Falcons and everything is Falcons in their house. And I, I think we should say like some of these are ones that we're revisiting, but just mm-hmm. in a different context. Um, interestingly, and it's unremarked upon, the woman is white, uh, but her family is multiracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her husband is African-American and she, her kids are probably biracial. Uh, so, but it's not really commented on. But she gets a an Atlanta Falcons jersey for I think uh, Jones, Julio Jones. She says she's happy. She says I'm going to go try it on, uh, but she's actually not going to try it on. Present for you. Another one for me. <gasps> Julio. <laughs> I don't have this one. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I think I'm going to go try it on. She goes upstairs. Again, everything in their house is Falcons gear. Falcons this, Falcons that. She goes to her closet. Everything in the closet is red Falcons. She parts all of the Falcons jerseys. And there is her little shrine to Russell Wilson, Seahawks quarterback. And she 
She gives him a little like wink and kind of like a like a blows him a kiss. I love that. I love that wink. That acting at the end. I think you she does a great job. Yeah. yeah. The 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 mother, the main character, really sells it. I love, I love that. And I think now it is not hard to find NFL shop, uh, NFL apparel commercials that are um, geared towards female fans because they would have to be stone cold morons not to be selling mm-hmm. gear to women. So it's a little bit of. Um, it's less. It feels less like it's about representation and more about uh, dollar dollar bills. Mm-hmm. But you know that's why all commercials exist. Well, you know what? Then let's stay on this topic for a second because it was several years ago that the NFL. I don't. I I don't know how old the NFL women's apparel line is, but they definitely a few years ago went really hard on marketing it. Sometime in the past ten years, and so these some of these are really good commercials. But I was hesitating to play these because I sort of feel like, well, if you're selling literally a women's product and it's the NFL selling, of course the commercials are going to have women fans in it. So maybe it's a little on the nose. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch all of these that I threw in the thing? I've seen this one you're about to show. So we see a woman. um, I can't remember what. Actually, the team is important. So let me. um, uh, Okay, so uh, we see a woman open a door and she is wearing a, a New York Giants like kind of tank top thing Mm -hmm. uh and then and it's very it's notable that it's a real woman's uh piece of apparel it's not a it's not a t-shirt that's unisex at all it's Mm -hmm. a it's a woman's like kind of strappy tank top yeah uh and it has like the giant's logo on it and then her buddy uh is at the door and it's probably game day they do this whole very very complicated you know kind of high five handshake fan routine um so we'll pick it up there Now that she's got a friend behind her also wearing I like how there's like a gear. receiving line to do this complicated handshake <laughs> yeah. with this lady. So here's another handshake. These are all very young, attractive women, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they remember kind of college students. <laughs> now the third friend is there, but she's not wearing Giants gear. She's wearing Jets gear. Sheila. Now, Sheila's not played by Natasha Leggero, is she? Oh, I don't know. That woman does look familiar, but I'm not sure if that's Am Natasha. I saying her name right? Isn't that, there's a comedian. I, yeah, who, I know who you're talking about. I think it's Najero. Um, Najero, maybe? Uh, but anyway, uh, so the, the joke is there that she is not doing, the obviously, the, the big fancy high five with the Jets fan. Um, and she kind of like gives her this kind of shady look as she comes into her house. Um, so that, again, is for NFL women's apparel, which is a specific line. But the one that you just played, Veeves, with the kind of secret Russell Wilson shrine, that is, um, that's just generally for NFL apparel. Yeah, that's part of, um, they had a whole campaign called uh, Football is Family, and it was uh, predicated on a lot of ideas about rivalries within families mm-hmm. or like secret. There's another one that's very similar story where a little boy gets something in the mail and he runs up and hides it under his bed because it's for a, a team that his family doesn't root for. And there's another one, again, with women um, where there's a woman and her husband going over to Christmas dinner at her adult, you know, at her parents' house. And she says, you're not going to wear that Raiders jersey. 
Remember, and then they go there, yeah. and the whole family is wearing. Is it 49ers gear? I got it's something. The, I think it's Chiefs. Oh yeah, Chiefs the family's gear, yeah. Chiefs. He's uh, Raiders, and of course they're all in red. He's wearing a black Raiders sweater with light up LEDs in it. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's again the kind of like the mixed family as far as fandom is concerned. And uh, I, I, I want to play one more NFL one, and then we'll get in some other products and services. <laughs> products and services um but i thought this was kind of interesting while trying to do a little research on this today i came across i think we both did we came across this research by somebody who is at city university of new york um carly geiseler is maybe the professor's name and her areas of expertise are cultural and media studies gender studies and sports communication and she went to school for journalism so right, this in, is right in the it's definitely in our wheelhouse sort of, sort of in the venn diagram of this show i was even thinking like gosh i would be if i had more time i would have uh, maybe even reached out to see if she had any thoughts i actually tried to read her paper but it's behind firewalls i could access it but uh through my um edu email address but mm. it would take a couple of days and we did not think of this until Basically, last, last night. night. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm talking about her, though, is she wrote an article called Raise Her Right, Misrepresenting Authentic Women Sports Fans in U.S. Advertising. And I know her paper looked at five different examples of exactly what we're doing here. Commercials that kind of... Um, go against the grain when it comes to women and fandom, right? Mm-hmm. And it's called, again, Raise Her Right. And then later on, I came across this NFL commercial, which is actually called Raise Her Right, which makes me think that this is probably one of the commercials in her paper that I can't access because of, of a firewall. Um, but this is for the NFL shop again, NFL apparel. And we see a couple in their kitchen, and they just got two packages in the mail. And the... Um, the man opens one up, and inside he finds a onesie for a baby that is apparently off-screen. You probably see where this is going. The um, wife is wearing a bear's shirt. He's not wearing any kind of uh, paraphernalia. paraphernalia. Dear Kim and David, here's a little something for our new granddaughter. Congratulations. Love, Cheryl and Ron. So uh, he pulls it out, and it's a little onesie for the baby with the Bears logo on it. He doesn't look psyched. <laughs> he kind of throws it back in the box and opens puts another it to one. The side. Dear David, raise her right. Dad. <laughs> it's a Packers onesie, and it's a onesie with Packers on it, with the Packers logo on it. So um, uh, I like that one too. That one isn't specifically, obviously, for NFL women's apparel. It's actually baby apparel, but it wasn't. That could have easily been a little baby boy, but they said raise her right. Yeah, the NFL. It's no secret. I mean, it's also just you know. It's just good business. Yeah, the and NFL that's kind of what I mean about audience. That's yeah. kind of what I mean about it. It doesn't necessarily feel like um, super progressive because it's it would be insane to like pass up those sales if you if you see it's you know it's the blue ocean question right like mm-hmm. for years nobody thought of marketing aggressively marketing sports apparel and fandom and all the money that gets spent on sports to women, but. Their money spends too, especially the NFL. I mean, they made a very concerted effort. And these NFL uh, commercials are also ex- incredibly diverse, or at mm-hmm. least there's a lot of uh, 
both white and African-American people. Not so much anyone else, but yeah, here's baby, one. Baby steps. This is one that our friend um, Hannah, who we were having drinks with last night, um, brought up immediately when we raised this topic. Um, and it's for Washington's lottery. So a lot of our audience might not have seen this because if you don't live in Washington state, you haven't seen it. Um, I think it's part of a campaign that Washington state lottery did. It was for a particular ticket or scratch ticket that mm -hmm. was like branded for the Seahawks. So a co, right. co branding with the Seahawks. But it was also, I mean, not that this is the most unique thing, but I think it's part of their department of imagination campaign as well, or at least ties into that a little bit, which is like, you know, what would you do yeah. if you won the lottery? Um, so in this one, I think we see a woman and her husband sitting on the couch watching TV, watching a Seahawks game. She's got her Seahawks gear on. And um, I'm a, actually a little confused the narrative. Let's watch this together. And then, and, and then maybe you can actually fill in the blanks for me. I love this part. She's talking about where the Seahawks run through the fog tunnel out of this from the onto the stadium. It's like got these pylons that have fog and flame coming out of them. And she kind of gets up from her couch and like celebrates with the Seahawks as they're running out onto the field. And her husband, um, she is African-American, he is white. I don't know why I keep needing to uh, highlight the race, except that there seems to be a lot of um, interracial and multiracial cult uh, people in, in this particular genre of ad. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, and now we cut to, I think, like a different day. Mm -hmm. And she, it, her husband is outside repairing the roof or something with a hammer. And she walks out the front door, but it's no longer just a regular front door. It is the big Seahawks tunnel with dry ice steam coming out of it or a fog machine probably. And she is now doing her dance as she just walks out into the front yard carrying her own tools. First, she's carrying um, her like grilled hot dogs and, and hamburgers. Now she's coming out with the hammer. I like too that in this, and the neighbors are just watching her freak out and enjoy her like her, uh, her celebration dance. Uh, I guess she is giving her husband that hammer and he's up on the roof. Um, but I kind of like the way it depicts a sort of gender neutral um, set of tasks. Like sometimes you'll see the man being the barbecue operator. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's her. Yeah, right. Um, she's also not conventionally like she's she's not a perfect. You know, she's not a size two. Like they just sort of look like normal and very appealing people. And I like I like this one a lot. I thought it was great. I don't always. I don't in general. I'm primed to dislike lottery commercials mm -hmm. because I think the lottery is bad. Um, and sometimes I think those Department of Imagination ads are super lame, like the fishing one I think is dumb. Um, but that one I really like. At least I really like the people in it. This might be my favorite because it didn't have to be a woman. This isn't trying to sell mm -hmm. women tickets. It's not trying to sell. I mean, maybe there's some market research that says we want to. I, I just don't think that that would. I mean, it would be yeah, so obvious if you're if you're having football like NFL Seahawks branded scratch tickets. And I don't think this is a huge campaign. It's a local state lot. You know, it's a state lottery thing. Um, the fact that they just chose to make the woman the sports fan and not the man uh, is interesting to me because there doesn't seem to be like a competitive advantage in that. Is just how they yeah, decided to do it. You could have written it for either gender. I yeah, agree. yeah. So that that might be my favorite for that particular reason um let's see what else do we have on the on the those were the ones i think that came to mind first yeah for us 
Um, well, there was one that came to mind for me, which I'm going to put out into the universe oh, yeah? and, and see if anyone <laughs> oh, has yeah. better Google skills than we do. I remember an ad, and I think this is what made me think this would be a good topic for a show, probably within the last 10 years, but not very recent, obviously not still running, for some sort of cable provider. Was it Dish? Was it DirecTV? Was it Comcast? I have no idea, but it was some kind of cable or television provider that does a sports package. And the premise of the commercial is the the cable guy or installer guy is in the couple's home telling them about the package that they've bought. Well, you've got these channels and that channels, and this is your sports package. And as he's describing the sports package, the husband sort of looks a little checked out, but the wife is listening and she says, what about racing? And he, the installer guy says, horses? And she goes, stock cars. Mm. And the the installer guy kind of looks like, oh, yeah. And they do a fist bump while her husband looks a little bit lost. A little left out. A little left out. And I think that's another one where, yes, it's a little bit uh, of a twist that she's into stock car racing. But it's not played for huge, like, you know, like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it was. And I cannot find it. Now, granted... I don't know what product it was for. Yeah, I did a, a lot big of impediment. Search. I've never seen that commercial before, or I don't remember. But I it. have so much information about it. Like I can't believe I can't figure this out. You were texting me today. I was doing like, <laughs> every kind of like I, we should. Go I, was, through. I was texting you like scene right. suburban <laughs> household. Right. We should go through my search history and just look at every different way I tried. And then I just started googling the same things over and over, thinking I'm going to have different results. Is that the modern that's definition, the definition of, of insanity? That's the modern definition of insanity. Yep. Googling the same thing over and over and thinking you'll get different results yeah um here's a commercial that i kind of stumbled out did you see the note that i sent you you and i were both working on the show sheet but from different locations using google docs by the way this is now just a commercial for google products yeah right um but i was looking for that particular commercial and i came across this geico one instead i found found this one too yeah yes and then i was like oh my god like I had been doing a lot of searching, and then I stumbled on this Geico one. I was so excited. I, I found another one, Vives. I grab it. I, I go over back to my Google Doc, and you had already put it there. Yeah. And it made so me sad. So Geico, as it turns out, which we wouldn't know because we don't watch hockey, was a sponsor of NHL. Oh, okay. And so they have a whole series of Geico NHL co-branded ads that uh, are very focused on hockey rivalries. So there's another one where, uh, which I don't think we should bother showing, but there's another one where... A woman and a man meet up for a blind date. They see each other across a crowded room and they really like the looks of each other. But when they finally get to see each other up close, they realize that they're wearing rival Mm -hmm. hockey team uh, jerseys and they just that's the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, This particular one uh, is called NHL Hockey Rivalries Tread Light, which I think it should be called Tread Lightly. Tread Light or Tread Lightly. Well, I, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you name a commercial. Anyway, we see a woman on a treadmill. It doesn't matter what you name a commercial. Why are you even doing this? <laughs> um, we see a woman on a treadmill, and she's uh, just you know at the gym, and she's wearing a Boston Bruins T-shirt. And then uh, while she's doing her exercise, um, another woman takes the other treadmill, the one next to her, and she's wearing a Philadelphia Flyers t-shirt, and then they start getting competitive and trying to run faster and faster and and turning their machines up in a competitive way. 
Here comes Philadelphia Flyers. She sees the Bruins fan. They kind of give each other the stink eye. Now Bruins is running a little faster. Philadelphia's uh, speeding up. Now Bruins speeds up. What's going to happen? I don't know. Whatever happens on treadmills. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Bruins took a header off the treadmill, and then Phil Philadelphia follows shortly thereafter. <laughs> um, I believe... I was, I was really happy to see, by the way, because there is, in that shot, there is a man also on a treadmill next mm. to them who has no role or you know act action in the in the commercial i was really afraid that the real punchline was going to be like he somehow was the victor over both of these women who kind of look foolish oh right but fortunately he was just Ooh, there for that would have been dressing. ugly yeah that would have been ugly i'm gonna skip this next one i had on the list which was for i don't even know how to say it that N-O-S, NOS, NOS energy NOS, drink. NOS. And we've talked about I think it we've talked about it before, so I'm not going to play, but it's got Kyle Bush. He's trying to buy his NOS energy drink. Some woman comes up to him in the uh, convenience store, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're Kyle Bush. Can I get a, a NASCAR driver, uh, if I didn't say that? Uh, and she's like, can I get a picture? And he's like, yeah. And by the way, if anybody in a comedic commercial says, can I get a picture and doesn't say with you, they don't mean you with know you. what the punchline is. And yep, then she right. takes a bunch of selfies with the uh, with the can that he was trying to buy. It's kind of funny. Good timing on it. No need to play it. Now, I saw the opposite of that commercial, which is. I told myself I wasn't going to do this. I didn't <laughs> want to talk about the negative I told one. Myself I wouldn't cry. There's one that we see in this might have even come up on the show before. There's two women. Oh, Walsh. There are two women. They're at a cafe and they're just talking. And then one of them notices a famous baseball player who I don't know at the next table. Do you know this commercial that I'm talking about? Oh, no. You know what? I was thinking of another one where two women recognize a famous football player and then he pitches them some sort of weight loss solution. Yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's a football player. See, I don't even know who this person yeah, is. Yeah, it wasn't. They have to identify him in the, mm -hmm. in the commercial because they have to be like, is that, you know, Joe Smith, the famous, uh, you know, tight end for the whatevers. Like, right. it's it's like that level of, of explaining it because he's been out out the game so long. It's Nugenics. Now, I now that I know that it's Nugenics, I'm going to see um, if I can find it because it's the opposite of that they they recognize him and oh, he's, Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. So who is Frank Thomas? A former football player. No, it says former baseball player. A former baseball player. So I, <laughs> I was right. Genevieve, <laughs> this is why women shouldn't talk about sports or sport commercials or even women in sports commercials. Here's, here's this commercial. And again, I told myself, don't focus on the negative ones. Just talk about the good ones. But here we are. Look, isn't that Frank Thomas? <laughs> the big hurt. More like the big hunk. Yeah. Wow, Frank Thomas. Hi, how's it going? Good. You look like you could still be playing. That's what I Baseball. This, <laughs> this isn't even the right commercial. Um, the, the one is two women, and he's like, I'm surprised you recognized me. And, uh, and, and they're like, oh, we only recognize you from the commercials. Not We didn't know you were a sport oh guy. Oh, my gosh. That's Frank Thomas. No. Yes, that's him. Go ahead. Excuse me, are you Frank Thomas? Yes, I am. I bet you get recognized a lot. I was a pretty good ball player. You were? Some people thought so. Sorry, we recognize you from those Nugenics commercials. Oh, yeah? That's great. So does Nugenics... He seems pretty psyched about that. Yeah, he's, he says that's great with all the conviction of <laughs> uh, an athlete trying to be an actor. 
anyway, uh, that was worth it. I'm glad I went there. I also stumbled on this one. Don't think I've ever seen this one in the wild. Maybe you have. Did you see the Courtyard TV one? I'm sorry, the Courtyard um, by Marriott TV commercial that I threw in here? No, I haven't seen this one. Again, I think this is part of a... Um, a campaign of ads they have. Others feature men. This one happens to feature two women. They're in the stands at a, uh, uh, it's very clearly they're at a Packers game. Everybody's, you know, Packered out with their gear. Um, and there's a, there's a guy, the narrator you're going to hear is also in the stands, but kind of like, I don't know, a few rows away. He's just kind of commenting on this situation. Like you've kind of seen in commercials before. I didn't realize this. His name is... If anybody actually watches sports television, you're going to make fun of me because I'll bet you a million bucks I say his name wrong. Richard Eisen or Eason. He's an American television journalist for NFL Network, CBS Sports, and NBC Sports. Do you have any intel on that, Vives? It looks like Eisen. That's my It looks like Eisen. Okay. Uh, But um, there are two women uh, watching the game in the stands, and one of them is obsessed with the Packers. Ah, the time-honored tradition of yelling out your own plays and opinions. Want some? I'm on a cleanse. It's about four days of vegetables and raw fruit. 54 is the mic! Sure, no one on the team can hear her, but does that stop her? Check out of it! Not one bit. And much like Coach Hindsight over here, Courtyard is all about the game. Is that a good thing? Not if we run the ball. It's not. (laughs) I like it, and I like that he flips shit at her. Too. Like yeah. he's not kind of like handling her with kids gloves no, as a narrator. I, guess. I agree. I think it's it's fun. Like it, you could that that could sort of be. Um, I mean, except for the piece about the cleanse and the, there's like a little bit of sort of gendering of of her. Yeah. Um, and her friend doesn't you know is obviously not a big sports fan, but I think it's relatively neutral about like yeah you, you know they're making fun of like types right Mm -hmm. and i think that's fine i think it's a good good ad i like it now there i think we've gone through all the ones that i have seen so far i didn't realize you put one at the bottom here i did and i for kia don't care for it it says oh hell no that's your notes on the show sheet that's my note on the show sheet what are we talking about i honestly don't know this is for um kia the car company and they did it they were a sponsor for um the world cup when it was in brazil adriana lima is a supermodel Mm. Um, and I guess a Brazilian supermodel, which I didn't know, but I've gathered from context clues. Um, and she did a series of ads in which the premise is she shows up in her Kia. The Kia plays a, at best, tertiary role in these in this series of ads. Uh, but she shows up at various uh, places where American men, exclusively men, are watching American football. And she comes in, and I mean, it is like the male gaze directed these ads okay Mm -hmm. and she struts in in a bikini or a you know a very tight sexy short dress something very very sexual anything that would have worked in those old cheeseburger commercials anything that you could have worn in a carl's anything that would (laughs) she she, they raided the leftover carl's jr wardrobe (laughs) stuffed her in it and then she goes into all these settings where men are playing or watching American football and like replaces whatever they're doing with soccer stuff. So she turns on a soccer game at a sports bar. She, you know, changes the channel in someone's man cave to and this is the kind of commercial where people have man caves. Um, so it's a series of ads. We don't have to watch all of them. This is they're all grouped together here in this uh, link that I've shared with you. Um, there's not a lot to hear. You'll just sort of. What you're hearing is the sound of men's jaws dropping 
as she sort of like sidles up to them and gives them smoky gazes and then whispers, football. She's strutting through this sports bar. She changes the music to something, you know, Latin. Brazilian. A lot of leg shots, a lot of a lot of slack jawed men. She changes the channel on the over the bar to the World Cup. They were watching racing. She she touches one of the men's. And she tossles his hair, and he's just out of his mind over yeah. it. Uh, I don't think she even says anything in that one. She mm-hmm. just changes it to um, to World Cup. Uh, in this next one, there's a guy. This is the man cave one. Um, I don't know. It's like some dudes like watching football. She comes in. You know, we don't even need to play it. She like she takes down all the football memorabilia in their man cave, and like all the American. I'm sorry, football. excuse me. It's baseball. Oh, okay. So she takes they, they take on all these non football sports, non soccer. Oh, there's sports. three of her in this one. Well, I think they're not her. They're oh. just other hot ladies. But they're all dressed in this. Sexy black dress with high heels. Yeah. I know you said not to watch this, but, you know. Football. Football. And then in the next one, um, she goes to an actual football practice, like an American football practice. Mm-hmm. And that one's the most gross, um, where she, like, do you know this, where she, like, you, the camera's behind her, and she, like, drops a soccer ball on the field, and then, like, pops her leg up on it so she's you know it's a very like sexualized okay uh pose and the of course all of these like young football playing men are just uh drooling they all begin with a shot of the exterior exterior of the car and then her long sexy high-heeled leg you know yes. stepping out of As the I car said, it is this this film these, these commercials brought to you by the male gaze Oh, there it is, her her foot on the ball. I guess... Oh, it I, gets sexier. Oh, yeah? All right, I'll keep watching then. Oh, yeah. In my country, this is football. <gasps> she kicks it at the quarterback, who catches the ball, and all of the, the, the boys on the field are... Uh, I But I don't... I don't know. Those don't bother me so much. It's really? still a woman enjoying sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we we have fun. So uh, and, and yeah. So we'll leave it there. I was just thinking of another one that I hate. Yeah, I'm sorry and to what's end. The point, what's the point of me doing that? I'm so. sorry to end on a negative note. I think some of these are so great for exactly the reasons that we talked about. Yeah. It's it's really refreshing to see a somewhat gender blind cast. It's very rare to see gender blind casting. Mm-hmm. Um. And I know most of these probably weren't literally gender blind, but you no. could imagine the story unfolding with someone of either gender. And I think that's really nice. I like it. To put them into tears, I would say there are the ones that is totally self-interested because they're trying to sell women's fan apparel. Mm-hmm. We talked about those. So some really good commercials in there, but very self-serving. Uh, I would say the next level is like the Geico one and the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings one they already have a whole campaign of obsessed fans and they're all males, men. And somebody said, well, let's make the woman version of it, mm-hmm. which is 
you know, they were still good commercials, but you know that they exist in this other context. And then you have the ones where there was no reason necessarily to make the sports fan a woman. I'm thinking of the Washington State Lottery one here. Um, and they, uh, but they went well, ahead and did it anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's... Um it's interesting. I mean, it, we had we did have to look to find these. You know, mm -hmm. if we wanted to do a, a show about male sports fans, we'd just you know turn over a rock. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, check in with the ad council, shall we? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Oh. Peeves, are you hungry? I have some crow for you. I know. I'm so embarrassed. Um, so I wanted to thank uh, several listeners, including Tom and Danny, who wrote in to point out that You Are My Sunshine was not written by Johnny Cash. I was Googling on the fly, mm -hmm. and it just was the first thing that popped up. And it like the it was said, like, the lyrics by Johnny Cash. So whatever I was looking at was on, obviously on YouTube, just yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was the version that he sings and or whatever for whatever but it was written by jimmy davis and uh, charles mitchell and i just in 1939 and i didn't know that i only know it because these folks wrote in to tell us it but even as you were saying oh it was by johnny cash i and i hit play on it in the back of my head i was thinking i this sound and i i could be wrong about this now that johnny cash version sounded like modern day Johnny Cash. I mean, mm -hmm. I know he's passed away for a while now, but I mean, Late when he, when he came back yeah. and he did those albums, I think Jack White might have... No, no, who... Rick Ru who whoever famous producer produced those darker albums yeah. that he did later in life. No, and I and it seemed wrong to me too, but I again I was very I was looking at it really quickly and his name was beneath the title and I just took it at very quick face value. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, thank you to those who wrote in. Um, yes, I feel very silly. That is obviously not a Johnny Cash song. It uh, was recorded in 1939. It is among one of the it is one of the most covered songs in um, the American songbook however a second ago when i was uh naming producers like harlan pepper um <laughs> did i say rick rubin because i just looked it you up started to, it is yeah. rick rubin okay um okay uh let's see here uh what else do we have something from kevin well we're gonna get to jingles in a minute but just okay. i wanted to, to submit the, uh, to bring this up from listener kevin um and because it was sort of germane to the our topic today about gender roles and we have talked in the past about uh commercials that make men look like they're too incompetent either incompetent for, for not being able to do house, too incompetent to do housework or heroic for doing a little bit of housework. Mm -hmm. While the mom is like eye rolling, right. like he can't handle this. Um, He's just a big <laughs> child himself. And one of those that we really took to task was a Tide commercial uh, where a guy was positioned as dad mom, by which they meant oh, God. dad. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yes, but Tide has uh, redeemed itself a little bit. He says, uh, Kevin says, I keep seeing this ad um, and it struck me because dad, Tide had the dad mom ad. This is one where uh, dad is just being a parent. You want to mm. give it a play? Yeah, I don't think I've seen this. this is for Tide Pods. Funny, don't really. eat them. <laughs> Nobody ever does it, and yet it happens. I didn't do it. And of course, it's the really tough stains that nobody ever does. The little kid was... These are some messy freaking kids yeah kids covered in stains in one case he's pointing to his friend saying he did it in another case he's pointing to the dog like the dog did it ready <sighs> really i didn't do it so when i heard they added ultra oxy to the cleaning power of tide i knew it was just what we needed so now we can undo all the tough stains that nobody did dad i didn't do it huh 
He didn't do it. Introducing mm. new Tide Ultra. It's not a particularly amazing no, commercial, no. but it is remarkable in the sense that it is unremarkable. Easily could have been a woman. Utterly g- gender. I think this was a true gender neutral casting, and they may. I'm sure they they cast it for a man because we have entered a time when it's more normal to see that. Yeah, and it speaks to men who actually do have to do the laundry, mm-hmm. you know, and do the laundry shopping. That's the yes, important thing to exactly. remember. It's not necessarily who's doing the laundry, right? But who's going to be buying those pods in the store? Absolutely. Um, and Kevin writes uh, that he likes it because. Uh, you know, unlike uh, da- dad mom, where he is mm-hmm. describing himself as awesome for knowing how to fold a child's dress, yeah. it seemed refreshing that this dad is doing the laundry like no big whoop. Um, he might have even made the kids some pasta. Um, and Kevin says maybe he, he could be on his squad. <laughs> Um, and he's neither a total boob who couldn't find rice in a grocery store and bleaches everything because he's a dude, uh, nor is he unusual because he does, quote, mom work. Right. So good on you, Tide. In the words of Kevin, you solved sexism. Now on to race relations. Yeah, you know, Tide, I really do hope that, uh, assuming that representatives of Tide are listening, please do... Solve just, race relations. Just, well, at least just delve <laughs> into it. I just think that that is something that Can't our laundry wrong. detergent commercials... You can absolutely never go wrong. Don't do enough. Um, while we're on the topic of Tide Pods, can I share with the listeners a revelation that I had about a month or two ago that I shared with you regarding these things? Do you remember this? I mean, you talk about laundry a lot, so... I'm going to need to narrow this down a little bit. Here's the thing with Tide Pods. Andrew is the the dad at our house. Right. Is, uh, does all the laundry. The dad of two cats. <laughs> um, no, but um, the thing about Tide Pods is, and I never realized this before, is they are delicious. <laughs> no. Um, but it is related to that whole thing, that internet thing that was happening. It actually happened a long time ago. Then it came back. It resurged. Um, what, two months ago, we were seeing it all over the place. Kids eating Tide, not eating, putting Tide Pods in their mouth, biting them on YouTube, letting them drip out of their mouth. And, oh, is your kid eating Tide Pods? Right. It's like, oh, what are, like Mass hysteria. Yeah, I don't know if anybody was seriously hurt in that or not. Uh, you know, I will say that... <laughs> This is the diff- this is when you start really feeling like an old man. You start telling stories like this. Kids are eating Tide Pods. In my day, <laughs> literally, if you swore in first grade, or maybe it was kindergarten, they took you to the back and put soap in your mouth. This happened to me. I they had didn't a- put a they didn't pour a cup full of laundry detergent down your throat. There was um, a teacher. This happened to me once. Sometimes there was a bar of soap. I mean, this is crazy. This is the 1980s, and I grew up in like. This r- r- rural area, right? But you went to private. You went to private school, like they no, could, no, no, no. This was public this school. Was public this school, is public school. school. I, I'm very little here, and I remember. I think Tony, my friend Tony, was the first person who I saw this happen to. They did put a bar of soap in his mouth, um, and then it happened to me. I got caught swearing. The teacher took me to. Say? I don't remember. She took me to the back of the room. They didn't have any bar soap. She put squeeze soap on her hand, made me stick out my tongue, and wiped it on my tongue. Ugh. That is a true story. Like, we'll wash your mouth out with soap. And I remember my mom used to threaten me with that all the time. And that and teacher that- was like, that is the threat, and we are going to execute on that threat no matter what our school supplies <laughs> yes. look like. Um, so anyway, like... And I'm not trying to diminish, like, I'm not saying that kids should be trying to eat Tide Pods or whatever. It was a... Here, kids, suck on this urinal cake, because that's all we got. <laughs> it was a concern because these Tide Pods look like candy. And if you're of a certain age and you see it, you might, you know, pop it in your mouth if you're a very little kid. But then, of course, the, the tweens got their hands on it along with their cell phone cameras. But none of that is... What I wanted to bring up is 
this idea that there's no such thing as bad publicity. I swear hand to whatever God, wherever mm. she she may be. See what I did? Um, I called them laundry pods all the time. When I would write it down on the grocery list in the kitchen, I always wrote down laundry pods. And then Tide Pods was in the news constantly for about two weeks. And I w- went to write it down on the grocery sheet and I wrote Tide Pods. And I, I remember you were in the room like, Veeves, <laughs> I just realized it, it not it worked. I don't think anybody was going for that, but no bad publicity. I yeah, went from calling it the generic laundry pods and now almost like Kleenex is generic for tissue. These things are called Tide Pods no matter what brand you buy. Yeah. Maybe not quite as strong, but it's still a very new product. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're cleaning up, if oh, you will. Oh, even better than my God was a woman joke. Um, all right. Let's see here. Sorry, I'm, I'm babbling here. But actually, do you happen to know what time it is? It's jingle time. Head council. It's jingle time. This is my favorite part of the show because I get to just hand the mic off to the uh-huh. listeners. Uh, This first one is from um, listener Linda. Hello, this is Linda from Lancaster, and I have a jingle that I love from 1973. It's a perfume jingle, Charlie. There's a fragrance that's here today, and they call it Charlie. A different fragrance that thinks your way, and they call it Charlie. Kind of young, kind of now, Charlie. Kind of free, kind of wow, Charlie. The kind of fragrance that's here to stay and it's here now, Charlie. This was kind of a big deal back then, so power up. Charlie was a big deal. Charlie was a very successful fragrance. It was... um parodied in in like local yeah local uh in in contemporary uh like you know variety com- mm-hmm. comedy shows stuff it was like, like that like a go-to of the day yeah it was a very sexy perfume and i think that was that also was charlie girl the woman in the white man's bla- you know dress shirt is that the same well it's brand? so funny because i was going to say that years later i think they tried to bring it back i don't know if it ever went out of production but they definitely put more of a um Emphasis. I didn't even know that it was an old thing. When I think of Charlie, I think of these old commercials. I know we got to play the original jingle here, but I think of the commercials with, I think it was MTV's Duff. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she was a Charlie girl. Now, these the one that Linda was singing was not that image. It was a much more sophisticated. The, so the, the commercial we're going to play now, uh, and Linda did an excellent job, by the way, uh, is really the idea of like this urban sophisticated woman kind of you know going from work to nightlife to a date to you know she's very glamorous and charlie is this like kind of in some ways um it was very now you know i mean mm-hmm. they're really going for this like modern woman it wasn't like chantilly lace like a woman in the domestic sphere it was like the woman in the public sphere all right let's take a listen so this is from the uh, 1970s there's a fragrance that's here today and they call it Charlie A different fragrance that thinks your way Yeah, they call it Charlie Kinda young, kinda now Charlie Kinda free, kinda wow Charlie Kinda fragrance that's gonna stay And it's here now Charlie Charlie by 
Revlon, a most original fragrance. Again, shot in the 70s, but she gets out of a 1940s era car. It's unclear. It's just kind of like high class. It's just high class. Timeless, yeah. sort of. Absolutely. It but re- she's wearing um, like this awesome like white satin, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, jumpsuit, but a formal jumpsuit, I guess. Formal jumpsuit. It remi- I don't know why. I'm probably off base with this, but it reminds me of the opposite of the, is it the Seagram's commercial with um, Bruce Willis? Remember, he has to leave a club. Like, he's in a fancy club. Yeah, but, but then, then he wants to, to dress leave. it down. So he keeps dressing it down yeah. he likes, until he's dancing on the streets. We should, do an, we should do a show where I know that this is, I'm started, sort of starting to reveal my thought process and how I think about things. But you know how we did our squad commercials? Squad? I'd like to talk about commercials where if we had to live in a commercial, Ooh. like, what that, that sequence when the Bruce Willis might be in, in my list. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Now, I want to come back to what I, what I was talking about, Charlie. Charlie coming back in the 1990s. We're about to watch a commercial. I can see the still shot of it here. This is from 1994. And I realize we just did this whole this whole episode about, you know, women and agency. And I don't want to be applying the male gaze to anything. Um, but if I did, it would probably be women. Uh, but uh, I, this commercial I'm about to play, like, I was a young man. In 1994. Right. Learning, we all, we learning, all understand. We all get myself. it. <laughs> Say no more. Her name was... Say I no more. Duff, but I meant Duffy. Her name was Duffy. She was a VJ. Oh, Karen Duffy. That's right. She was a, a VJ on MTV, and uh, and she was in this ad for uh, Charlie Perfume, and it blew my mind. <laughs> hey, have you heard about Revlon's great Charlie taste tests? You know that Charlie stride. Charlie was the first rebel. Charlie, the original. It's up, confident, makes you want to go out and change the world. Now there's a new way to Charlie. Charlie Red. This Charlie goes all night long, and she's got a stride of her own. Charlie Red. Whoa, is it here or is it mid? You gotta smell yourself. Call 1-800-2-Charlie. And what is that that trumpet uh, line in the background is like a ripoff of a famous... Yeah, uh, something song. it's called something loops, and yeah. I know that it, it was actually used to be the theme song of a national public radio show out of Boston. Yeah, I think uh, it's driving me crazy. It's right on the tip of my brain. It's something loop, uh, but yeah, that commercial. I'm mean, watching that now. That is so cringy. Her like kind of mugging for the camera and like yeah. it's strong and her putting her arms up but I mean like, the 90s was the 90s is a place but that was that was the look that was my ideal look um she's got kind of like the short hair like kind of down that's what you imprinted on that's I I'm not even gonna touch the joke that I want to say how about we just play another one of these you can fill in the rest of that joke hello this is Alan from Normandy Park and I have another jingle from my youth it was for Fig Newtons and it went something like this. Ooey gooey, rich and chewy inside. Golden flaky, tender cakey outside. Wrap the inside with the outside. Is a good darn tootin' doing the big, big Newton. Here's the tricky part. The big, big Newton. One more time. The big, big Newton. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's like, yeah, that was like a Mr. Show sketch. Yeah. Thank you. Thank um, you, Alan. That was great. That was great. Now, and I that did not, does not ring a bell to me at all. It's too old for us, or it you know, predates okay. us. But No offense, Alan. Um, this is so great. Uh, I had I was not aware of that Fig Newton theme song, um, and it's used in a number of commercials from that era, but this is 
uh, a man. So what we're gonna you're gonna hear that song. It's being sung by a man in a giant yellow fig costume with you know the bare legs and the arms sticking out of it mm-hmm. and he's like California raisin California raisin style but he's a but it's a you know a real person mm-hmm. I meant my oh, version sorry. of California raisin excuse me um and he's uh kind of on a dark stage standing in a in a pool of light singing that song hi gang <laughs> big fig here with that great new dance the newton <laughs> hit it how gooey gooey rich and chewy inside I was wondering if when he said, here's the tricky part, if that was part of the original commercial. It is. And I, one of the things that I sincerely love i mean there's so much i love about jingle time but <laughs> i sincerely love how these little those little uh rhetorical flourishes mm-hmm. and sometimes even like the little musical flourishes listeners remember them yeah. and it's just part of the like whatever that part of their brain ha- held on to this little gem and oh, i wow. love it i'll learn to write yeah. it yeah soon as mom and dad show me how yeah, yeah. and like the way ron uh when, when ron called in about the the baseball team one he like he did like the crowd noises and stuff. I mean, it's just great. Now, I don't want to make this gross, but again, in the 90s when I was coming of age, there was this commercial with a fig newt. <laughs> also imprinted on me. No, uh, let's do a little uh, fig newton talk, shall we? Uh, I love fig newtons. Yeah. I haven't had one. I saw you eating some fig newtons at the park the other day because we were hanging out with they some. They were not fig newtons. They were some sort of they like Seattle like, it organic. It was like Seattle organic fig yeah, bar, okay. which. Um, sure, whatever. You know, inferior product. Right. Um, well, yeah, you know. But I love a fig newton. You, you, when I go to the airport, um, really? you know, I go, you know, you always go to Hudson News. You got to get like something to drink and eat on the plane um, to supplement whatever they're going to give you on the plane. I will often go for the the sleeve of fig newton. I, li- I have flown with you so many times. I've literally never seen you do that. Are you lying just to get attention on the show? No, I do it. Why would you make that up? I maybe it's maybe I feel maybe when a little, you're fall, flying I think by when yourself. I'm flying by myself, I I might not that you would ever judge me, but like you know, eating a sleeve of fig newtons in a sitting <laughs> yeah, never... is maybe not the best look. And I think on some level, I I'm correcting for that when I'm with company. Isn't it funny how um, the shame we feel about ourselves? We assume other people are feeling that way about like there have been several times where like I've just walked in a room or I've been in the room with you for a while and then, you know, you're eating something. I wouldn't even know that you're eating something like late at night and you're yeah. having some sort of sweet snack. And you'd be, yes, I went to the store today and bought a <laughs> candy or yes, I am eating both of these. I'm just like, I didn't even know you were <laughs> eating one of these. I don't even know what these are. <laughs> and like you, you're very self-conscious about it. I think I'm that way with beer, right? Like, I don't yeah. know how much, if you're counting my beers, no, but I think I'm that not. like, you should. Um, and I, I, but I think I'm self-conscious of it. I'm kind of like, you know, I don't want Genevieve to see me grabbing the fourth beer or what have you. Um, but uh, what my relationship with Fig Newtons, if, if you don't mind, I just want to stay on this for a second. Um, because I have, I, I literally don't think I've had one since I was a kid or maybe a teenager or something. Um, cause they're just not in my life that much. And when I was a kid, I think my, my parents were weird cause they were so strict about what we ate. Yet those rules, the older I get and I look back, they seem, 
I don't even know what the word is. Kind of random. Arbitrary. I, arbitrary is the yeah. word I'm looking for. Because well, I, think I feel it's a like lack we of, considered... They probably, had a somewhat, they probably somewhat lacked real nutritional knowledge about what right. was actually good. And probably marketing played a big part in that, right? Like they were getting these messages probably from like Fig Newton that it's not a cookie it's fruit and cake right yeah and so the idea of like i remember having this feeling of fig newtons not that they were a health food certainly but they weren't necessarily like dessert right you know whereas you wouldn't just go and eat a bunch well maybe i would eat some oreo cookies for dessert as a kid i don't know that the nutritional values of fig newton is that much better i doubt it is if at all but you're absolutely right like my mom would drive me to dance class like three days a week Mm -hmm. and um often you know i always get a snack right and it would be like um, a granola bar and a yogurt or like some grapes and or whatever. And I'm pretty sure Fig Newton's featured in the rotation. Yeah. She would never have just brought like Oreos. But to your point, like, I don't know that the fat and sugar content was really that different. And um, uh, you, you remind me of granola bars. I feel like we ate so many granola bars growing up, which so many of them were just like sweet and yeah, sticky anyway. Sugar. And then at a certain point, they started putting chocolate on them and they called them kudos bars. And then we're just like... Waking up in the morning and eating a quote unquote granola <laughs> bar. Like, I don't eat well. I'm also, I mean, I was really overweight. And like, I look back on it and like, some of it I knew, like, my portions were out of whack. Like, I knew it was going on. I was coming home from school eating snacks that I knew were bad for me. I do wonder, I don't even want to ask him only because I'm, I would just be so embarrassed about it. Like, when I'm overeating something now, like, for example, for a while there, we were always having turkey, like lunch meat turkey in our fridge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, very recently. It's been a while, a couple of months or something. But we were, we always had it. Um, and I would feel shame if I noticed how quickly I was going through the turkey. Like I buy a pound of turkey. And there might be some day I, I eat lunch, maybe a little turkey sandwich. I come in here, I record TBTL, and then I have this instinct to go back to the kitchen. It became this like, kind of post-show wind down and then I'll just sit in the kitchen just eat turkey you know roll it up and eat it and if that goes down quickly I'm going somewhere with this if that goes down quickly like I feel kind of ashamed about it then I go back to the store and I buy more and it's kind of on my mind like does this guy realize how much turkey I'm eating when I'm ordering it from (laughs) from because I always get it from the the, from the butcher section or the deli section Um, and I'm very aware of it and I wonder what my mom was thinking when she was going back to the grocery store I'm not indicting her here I'm just really curious because I would come home we had salami in the house like crazy I would come home I'm embarrassed even saying this I would come home turn on like cartoons I remember there's this cartoon called cops I would watch and maybe one other like ducktales and I would make little mini salami sandwiches out of Ritz crackers and Veeves I would just power through that shit like in a way that is not even funny like I would just eat like crazy but I was also a very very heavy kid and I don't know maybe it just made my parents and I hope they never hear this I'm not trying to indict them maybe it's just a really tough conversation to have with your kid but my my parents never really like said hey let's work on this or let's do this or or, let's let's try to eat healthier let's do that I maybe they did and I don't remember I would have been mortified and embarrassed and probably angry because you're just such an insecure fat kid about it and Maybe they were sensitive to that. But I do wonder, like, did my mom ever, like, go in the refrigerator and pull out the slombie and just be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, somebody went to town and we're eating dinner in two hours. I don't know. I don't know what I want you to say to that. It's it's highly embarrassing for me. I'm just kind of having this memory again and yeah. reliving it and reliving my shame. Can we pull out of this spiral? Can I play another voicemail? All right. <laughs> this is Mike in Manchac, Texas. Oh. Yes. 
it's Mike. This is good friend Mike. It's Drew McFrizz. All right, here we go. I grew up in the Seattle area, and there was a now uh, bring in the noise, bring in defunct seafood restaurant chain called Sea Galley that really nailed it. Did you, could you tell what that was? What It was called Sea Gal? Sea Galley. Oh, Sea Galley, okay. Jingle front. So, um, here goes. Who's got crab legs? Who's got crab legs? Who's got crab legs? We've got crab legs. Sea Galley, we've got crab legs. We've got crab legs. Sea Galley, we've got snow, snow, snow. King, king, king. Dungeon S2, get your crab legs. Galley, get your crab legs. Big Alley, we've got crab legs. So come get your crab legs tonight. There was probably a key change I missed, but I'm Mike Frizzell, not Michael Bublé. So <laughs> also, I don't have any crab or human legs. Uh, so what do you want from me? Wow. That went. Power out. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard Mike. I've known Mike for many years now. I've never heard him sing before. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. I never hear him sing again. (laughs) Uh, No, I I did not. So we didn't grow up here. uh, But he did a very faithful uh, rendition of the We've Got Crab Legs song, if you want to hear it. By the way, I have not heard this before. um, But props to Mike for the trumpet part. Yes, absolutely. Uh, That really stood out to me as as, uh, a, a strong part of that. Let's take a listen. Who's got crab legs? Great seafood dinners from five ninety five up. Yes, because if there's one thing you don't want to do with seafood, it's pay too much. It's overpay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That was amazing. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, time to get out of here. Um, just a quick reminder, we want you to join our Facebook group. You can find it after these messages uh, show on Facebook. Don't know why I need to bring this up. I approved two new members today. It is a group. It's not a, a, like an official page, so you have to kind of ask to be part of the group. We always say yes if you're a real person. We have two questions we ask you to answer. Just to prove that you're not a bot. And One, one is, of them is literally, are you a bot? And the other one is, which is your favorite Colonel Sanders? People usually answer those questions. I approved two people this week who did not answer those questions. I had to do a little bit of research. Did you determine that they were real because they both joined Facebook very recently? Oh, no, really? Well, they were both members of the Stens page. Oh, okay. Then I'm Which is the TVTL group. So I assume that it would be a... Maybe I'm thinking of two other people. Maybe. But why why do you think somebody would not answer the questions? I don't know. Do you think they're just like, listen, I'll join your little club, but I'm not answering your damn questions? Like, that's asking too much? I don't know. Are we asking too much of our listeners? Just answer the questions. Just answer the questions. Uh, Anyway... Glad to have you guys. Welcome to the Facebook group. And uh, if you haven't yet, please, everybody check it out. That's a lot of fun to hang out there. We also have an email address, of course. After these messages, show at Gmail. Um, and we have a voicemail line at 607-444-5597. Again, that's 607-444-5597. 
888-789-7597. Call. Leave us a jingle. We know you've been tempted. I know we have one person. I'm not going to name any names, of course, but she may or may not be our chief marketing officer of ATM. And she texted me the other day and says she's still like kind of building up the nerve and they don't have any Just whiskey the in trigger. the house. Just pull the trigger. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it is a judgment-free zone. We love to hear them. Although I did kind of get judgy today for some reason. But that was all in jest. Yeah. It was all in jest. All right, everybody. Thank it's you so much. It's a judgment-free zone. Um, uh, Veeves, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you all next Tuesday. Veeves, I'll probably talk to you before then. <laughs> bound to be found like a brown John Belushi. Koofy, Fallujah. Koofy, Faluga. Truthy, Cooley, more flows and loot.